Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Allison, welcome back to the Talking Joy podcast. Um, our, our talks and our conversations around healthy eating and healthy lifestyle have been super popular. So I'm, I'm glad that we're continuing to have the conversation about women's health. Um, you know, and I, I was talking to a friend who's been listening to them and saying to her, you know, what else do you want to hear about? And, and we were talking last night about good habits around, around food. And it made me think about why am I having these conversations with you to begin with, because I teach spiritual practices and, and, you know, you're all things nutrition, but I believe that caring for myself is a huge spiritual practice because I don't take care of myself. I'm not going to be around to enjoy my life. And um, this became really important to me at the beginning of the pandemic, which I may have um, talked about in earlier podcast episodes with you, but I've sort of been on this healthier journey. I thought I was healthy and clearly I, I wasn't until, <laughs> until we really got down into it. And now I'm at a place where everything is become much more of a habit, you know, pandemic where we're just hit our year anniversary. I think you and I started to work together last May and it's now March. Um, so almost a year and I don't have to think about things as much. Like I went to lunch yesterday with my dad. I saw my dad for the first time in a year and was able to hug him. Yay. Oh, that's so great. I know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> um, the things that we took for granted before, um, but anyway, we sat down to have lunch and my brother looked over at the two ladies sitting next to us and he said they were both getting these huge cheeseburgers, French fries, you know, the works. And they put down this massive amount of food in front of them. My brother glanced over and he said, why is it all the food that tastes so good is so bad for you? And I thought to myself, you know, I don't think like that anymore because I actually crave good food now. And I ended up ordering a piece of salmon and it came with some grilled vegetables. And then I ordered more vegetables to go with it. And I was completely satisfied. I didn't eat again until dinner last night. And so it does over time, like we were talking a little bit, you and I earlier about over time, things do start to shift to be patient with yourself. You don't need to lose seven pounds in one week um, that it will come in time and baby steps. And it's the same thing with the spiritual life. Like I can't just wake up and feel calm and have less anxiety. It's sort of this slow, it sneaks up on me sort of, it's a process. It's a process and I have to be patient. And it's only in hindsight that I can look back and see how far I've come. And it's been the same thing with my nutritional spiritual journey, because it's been a spiritual journey to nutrition. So anyway, after I've said all of that, um, thank you again for, for coming back. And uh, we were going to start today talking about the importance for, especially for women in the menopausal phase, uh, the importance of fiber in your diet. Can, just what is fiber? Like what has fiber in it? Um, you know, what does it do for me? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So 
fiber is very important. One, I just wanted to backtrack. Your story gave me the chills. I love that. And I love that you mentioned patience because it, you have to be patient with yourself. Change happens if you allow it to happen. You know, one little thing at a time, one step at a time. And you'd be very surprised. You wake up one day and you're like, wow, you know, it just hits you. Yeah. And we want instant gratification. We want the Amazon package that we ordered. Have you ever gotten it the same day and it kind of blows your mind? You're like, oh my God, (laughs) you know, those hand towels this morning and they're at my front door. It's almost creepy. It's like some guy was waiting down the street and he knew you were going to order them. (laughs) But, but I, and I'm joking, but, but that's how we live. We want to have the results. We want to have less anxiety. We want to feel more um, you know, at ease in our bodies, we want to lose weight and all that stuff, but we want it immediately. And, you know, what I think you and I are both preaching is that it's a practice, it's a practice, it's a practice. And to yes, be- the, mm-hmm. the best comes to those who wait and are patient. Yeah. And the thing is, when it comes to you that way, and you, and you dedicate yourself to it, and you work for it, you become that much more appreciative Mm. of what comes to you and the entire process. If it's just happens overnight, it's kind of like, okay, yeah. Mm. Got it done over, you know, on to the next. It's like one of my kids once said, you know, oh, school year and used to, and I said, but if he was talking about the summer, he didn't want it to end. But I said, but if it was the summer all year round, you wouldn't know any different there. You wouldn't have any contrast or there wouldn't be any goals to like, oh, if I work really hard during the school year, I get to take the summer off. And it's the same thing with, with caring for yourself, that if you don't work hard at it and then wait for the results, that if it's, if it's immediate, it's just over. You're just, you don't appreciate it maybe. Yeah, absolutely. It's like having all that cold weather and all the snow and now all of a sudden it's 70 degrees, the birds are chirping and we're all like, let's go outside. (laughs) Let's all enjoy this. We've been waiting for this. Exactly. It's like but, you went through the winter in order to have the spring and it's, and it's the same yeah. way with this, um, to be patient and go easy on yourself. And just to, you know, all of those little smart, conscious, very conscious choices, like yesterday for me at the restaurant, that over time they build upon one another. That if I make the same choice tomorrow, I slip up maybe a little bit, but then I make the same choices, the same choices that over time that, um, that then I will have better results. Um, Before we went uh, on the air, you told me, and I saw this in the news this morning, that during the pandemic, um, that I wanna hear that people, the average person gained a a pound and a half a month. Did you hear that exact statistic or did you hear something different? So one of my doctors texted me this morning and he said, I don't know what meetings you have today or who you're gonna run into, but I'm sure this is going to change somebody's perspective on what's going on. But the average weight gain during the pandemic was 29 pounds. So if you think about how you and I, we were able to maintain our weight, there are people who were you know, looking to lose weight. So they were able to increase their exercise because they are working from home or whatever it may be, they changed their eating habits. So if you think about the people who didn't do that and increase their eating, decrease their physical activity, they gained much more than 29 pounds. And it actually makes sense because 
a lot of my patients in the hospital, 40, 50, 60 pound weight gain in one year. That is so much stress on the body and not to mention your brain, your mind, how much that increases stress, anxiety, depression on top of maybe they're most likely feeling those things already because that's very common. So diet is so important and you can manipulate how you feel with what you eat. It's all about how you treat yourself. So is that some, you know, if you, somebody who gains that much weight, is that considered clinically obese? Depending on their, their weight status. Yeah. Unfortunately in clinical care, we use BMI as a, as a way to justify if they are within normal weight range, overweight, and the different classes of obesity. I mean, it goes class one, class two, class three, you know, morbidly obese. Okay. Uh, that's how big our population is. I actually had a patient yesterday who had BMI of 65. And just to, uh, what, one of our, actually our, we have um, a board in our office with who ha- gets the highest numbers and the highest BMI we ever had is 110. And just to give listeners an idea of what normal is, normal BMI is between 18.5 and 24.9. And when you and say BMI, I know what that is, but that's uh, your body, body mass, mass index. index. Yeah. It's based on your height and weight. I don't like using it because it's skewed. Like somebody for me who exercises often, especially I have a lot of muscle on me and I'm 118 pounds. Uh, if almost five, three and five, two and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to give myself that little bit extra, but like I'm at the higher end of BMI. So, you know, I, when I went to my um, gynecologist when I was, you know, 18, it was like one of my, one of my first visits, you know, he's like, you need to lose some weight, but I had so much muscle on me. I grew up as an athlete. So, you know, it already put me in a negative mindset. Like my doctor's telling me that I have to lose weight, but I have all this muscle. I don't think, you know, so yeah. that's, I don't, I don't like to use BMI, but we have to do that for the charting system for, you know, insurance and reimbursement for the hospital. Um, But I mean, if you're, if you're not physically active and you don't have muscle on you, then it can be an accurate form. So are people Uh, coming to the hospital because of weight related um, issues? So because they're, they're so overweight, then it causes all kinds of disease and discomfort in the body. Is, is that true? Um, most that oftentimes, but uh, most oftentimes, a lot of it is really diet related. What's going on in the home, um, external stresses, medications, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, all these other things come into play. Yeah. They're, they're not taking care of themselves. So they end up in the hospital. But a lot of times I get a lot of patients who have to diagnose malnutrition, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe malnutrition. And you can see it on them. Like the rib cage is showing they have, mm. uh, their the temples are so um, depressed. Uh, they're not eating well. And so you really of, see, you really see a, uh, I see it. Uh, mm-hmm. You see it all different like, things across the board is what I'm hearing. Um, yeah. So a lot of everything that we're talking about starts with caring for yourself and about the importance of the nutrients and the things that we are feeding our body, our machine. And if I don't have my health, I have nothing. Like, have you ever had, like, so I got the second COVID vaccine 
And I was down and out the day after, which I expected because I had talked to you and you, you didn't feel great either. Um, and the thing that was shocking to me is, so I got the shot on a Tuesday, Wednesday, I had chills, low grade fever, Thursday morning, I woke up and I was just myself. And it reminded me on Thursday morning, like literally like somebody flipped a switch. I just, I felt like a million bucks. I woke up and I was off and, and doing stuff. I had plans. I had cleared my calendar for that Wednesday, but it reminded me how important it is that I continue to feel good, that I didn't even realize how good I felt until that day I had of not feeling good and not, I think I scared the kids. They're not used to seeing me. I was like on the sofa with this big furry blanket, like, you know, up, up under my chin. Um, but anyway, it was just a, a great reminder for me of, I really want to feel good. And I think anybody who's listening wants to feel good. So let's go back to talking um, about fiber and, and the importance of that in our diet. Yeah, fiber is, important. I talk about fiber a lot. And I also talk about bowel movements a lot. Those two things are key and very important. The, I mean, guidelines say, you, you know, women need um, around 20, 25 grams of fiber. That is not enough. I recommend at least 35 grams of fiber. One, it increases satiety. It reduces food cravings. It keeps your gut healthy and strong. Your gut is a muscle. You don't use it. It becomes weak and you end up losing it. Right. So, I mean, you don't lose it. It just becomes yeah. very weak. <laughs> so you have something called peristalsis, which pushes food through the gut. If you don't have enough fiber, that peristalsis, that movement of the intestinal lining, it weakens. So that also decreases bowel movements. Um, but also fiber, it improves blood sugar maintenance because it slows down digestion, but also with fiber and having regular bowel movements, that's key for, for women, because you're also releasing excess hormones. Your body's making hormones every day, all day, and all the extra you're releasing through your bowel movements. But if you're not having regular bowel movements, at least one to three bowel movements a day, then, you know, you have all these extra um, circulating hormones. And that's why a lot of women tend to complain about the tire around the waist. Mm. And, you know, people tell me, yeah, I have regular bowel movements. Like you had mentioned, you had a friend that said yeah, she had a bowel movement once a week, or, you know, I hear, you know, two to three times a week, that's typical for me. Like, no, it's typical for you, but it's not typical. That is not okay. At least one to three times a week, your bowel movements is waste. Your body's trying to get rid of right? There's toxic stuff in there. The thing is, if it sits in your intestinal lining and it sits in your gut, your body is going to reabsorb all of that stuff. It's trying to get rid of, mm -hmm. like, think about you have trash sitting in your, in your garbage can, right? Ready to go out onto the street sometime during the week, but you don't take it out for a while. It stinks up the whole garage or wherever your trash yeah. can is, yeah. right? It starts to rot and rot and rot. And then you know, bugs start to come and all this same thing with your body. You have to get rid of it. Well, hydration is great for that too. Is this, I know that's a silly example, but it's so true is that I feed my dogs twice a day and guess what happens about 20 minutes, they go outside and they go to the bathroom. And I feel like we, our bodies need to move in that sort of that same cycle. And 
I, that changed for me when I really started to add more fiber into my diet. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is like, where can I get fiber in my diet? And, and I just don't want to assume that everybody knows that. So when I was growing up, there were all these commercials for either Musilex or for what, no, was yeah. it Musilex or something that people would stir in like Metamucil. a Metamucil. And I was like, oh. yeah. um, and fiber cereal. They were pushing that for women when I was growing up, you know, this like brand cereal. And that's the, that, to me, because I was fed that, you know, through media, that's, that's fiber to me. So what's fiber? What, where can I get fiber in my diet? Yeah, I, there's many sources you can get fiber from nowadays. So vegetables, that's why I say more than half your plate should be filled with all different kinds of vegetables. They all have different kinds of fibers. The more diverse your, your diet is, the healthier your gut microbiome is going to be. Um, and just to top it off of fiber, um, when you have enough fiber in your diet, you're, you're going to lose weight when you have regular bowel movements, like no questions. So vegetables, fruits, whole grains, easy, easy sources of fiber. There are great fiber cereals. I do not recommend something like raisin bran or, yeah. or anything like that. If you look at the label, it's full of extra carbs, full of so much sugar. It, you know, and that's why it tastes so good. Yeah. There's a, but that's there's what a, we're fed right. by the media. So I just wanted to point that out that we can get it from natural, obviously from natural foods. Um, there is a supplemental fiber or something that I was using in my overnight oats. Yeah. Oat fiber. Oat so fiber. it's not actual oats. Yeah. Oat fiber. It's a powder. It comes from the oats, but literally no carbs. It, I mean, it says four gram carb, three gram fiber. That means it has one gram of net carb, because if you take the total carbohydrates minus the fiber, that's what you're left with, because you actually have to burn calories, it takes your body energy to break down fiber. So it actually increases your metabolism to have a high fiber diet. So where would you recommend using that powder if you wanted to add some extra um, besides the overnight oats? Smoothies, you can add it to soups, anything you want to thicken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, chia puddings. If you want to do that, it has no flavor. So you can really add it to anything you want. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are, are fiber crackers now, like Gigi uh, brand crackers. That's an easy way to get them in. There's actually, I sent you the, the fiber cookies and this company is actually not, you know, not promoting her or anything, but I just love promoting other dietitians. She's a prebiotic dietitian and there are, so our gut microbiome is full of good and bad bacteria on purpose to protect us, right? We have pro, uh, we take probiotics externally to feed the bacteria in our gut, but also the bacteria in our gut need food in order to live and thrive. So that's where prebiotics come in. And these uh, high fiber cookies, it's by a company called Uplift. They're called Gut Healthy Cookies. And they're actually really, really I'll good. Put a link. I'll put a link to that. Yeah. And they're, if you have all three cookies, it's like 14 grams of fiber. I'm like, I'm satiated for like three or four hours. And I like go see patients and I'm not hungry at all. And I have that um, with my morning smoothie. I love it. Um, or like yeah, I had somebody or, the other day you know, say to me, I'm hungry all the time. I just... I'm just hungry all the time. And what I'm hearing is that if we are eating this sort of stuff, you're saying that it keeps you full and you're not thinking about that. And you'll see how, 
how quickly your entire digestive system changes for the good, for the better. So if you're having that cookie, so let's just, let's unpack that a little further. So yeah. you know, I'll put the link to the cookie, the person wears the cookie, like, when am I having that? So is that, you know, I have breakfast, I have something for lunch. You know, we talked about this last time that breakfast is the most important lunch should be your biggest meal and dinner, your smallest, but a lot of people can't make it from lunch to dinner without something in between. And so is this cookie something that would be a good afternoon? Like, how are you having that? Yeah, you know how like afternoon, a lot of people get that like little sweet thing that they want to go for. These cookies are great because one, they have protein and they have all that fiber. So it's going to be so satiating. It's going to hold you over to dinner. And also if, you, if you're looking for something like sweet after dinner, yeah, you can go for dark chocolate, which is something I go for because it has protein, fiber, and healthy fats. But also you can go for the cookies too. The other thing I wanted to talk about were good habits around food. Um, you know, I heard somebody say recently that, uh, that they make dinner for their family, but then they just don't eat it. You know, they kind of leave it out and, and they're, you know, they're trying to watch their weight and they, they sort of try to avoid eating later in the day, which I'm, how do you feel about skipping meals and doing things like that? Your body's very smart. If you don't feed it that day, you're going to make up for it the next day. You're going to be ravenous. And it, you're, you're pulling yourself away from having that personal experience and conversation with your family. That's exactly like, I, I really, truly that. believe. Yeah, I really, truly believe in having that personal connection, especially at meals you know, with your significant other or your family and not being distracted by watching TV or being on your phone or whatever it may be. One, it's going to trigger the thought in your brain, like, oh my gosh, did they even eat? And you're going to want to overeat. You're to go for a second or you're to go for more snacking after dinner, whatever it may be. But two, you just, you need to slow down and pay attention to what you're doing because digestion is, it's so important. It, it can make you feel good or it can make you feel bad. And you need to take your time when eating. Um, so you want to, I, do you want me to go through the whole process of digestion? Yeah, I do. But before we get okay. to that, I just, just to back up a little bit about these habits around food. Um, and just from, you know, from my spiritual, I'm going to put yeah. my spiritual hat on here is that spending time with the people that you love that are in your house, whether you have a big family or, or not, or, um, or even if you're, if you live alone, I always light candles at dinner because I feel like when we sit down around the table, that tells everybody that this is sacred time. This is special. It's different than just standing up in the kitchen at the counter and, and shoveling something into your mouth just for the sake of what, you know, while you're looking at your phone. But when we sit down at the table and I light candles, you know, nobody has their cell phones. And if they do, I get mad, you know, to kind of, I don't want it on the table. Um, but just that simple sort of um, practice or ritual, I, I don't know where I picked it up. I think my grandmother always lit candles at dinner and it just felt special, it felt formal. And so sometimes if we do sit in the kitchen at the island, I'll bring in like a little hurricane lamp candle thing and, and light it. And now it's gotten to the point where the kids will be like, oh, do you want me to light the candles? So it becomes just like everything. It becomes a habit. And so when we eat together, I don't have to eat everything they're eating. 
I can make my plate look a little different or a little, you know, a little more vegetables than, than maybe my 16 year old son, but at least I'm sitting down with them and I'm also teaching them <laughs> what good eating habits look like. Cause they, you know, kids, I think pick up more on what they see than what you say. And so sitting down and, and taking time to nourish myself is sending a message to my daughters that to feed yourself well is important and not this whole idea of skipping meals and, and mom trying to stay as skinny as she possibly can. Um, so anyway, I just felt like I really wanted to talk about that. The importance. I love that. I think that, that can the candle story was wonderful. I'm, I'm totally picking that up. I love that idea. And you know, it, growing up, you know, my, my whole family was super busy and, and, you know, with Bob running here, running there. So he didn't really get a chance to really sit down either. Um, you know, especially when you know, he was going through medical school and like, he just carried on those bad habits and just sure. always ate in front of the TV and on the run. And now we make it a point to sit at the dining room table. We sit and talk. He still chews very, very, very fast. I try <laughs> teaching him to slow down, but we just sit and talk about our day. And it's just mm -hmm. a way to connect if you're not there enjoying it, enjoying it with your family or whoever it may be, you're missing out on so much connection, so much love and that, that experience. And you never, you don't get that experience back and you can't guarantee that it's going to be there tomorrow yes. or the next day or the week after, you know, things happen, things change. And it, you just, you're able to appreciate that other person more, the meal that you made. Yep. And conversations and, and celebrating each other's work and you talking about what your day was like and, and, and Bob talking about what his day was like. You created a space for that to happen. And if you don't sit down and eat meals together, I mean, look at all the old movies that you watch and there's these big you know, Italian families and they're all <laughs> sitting around the table and talking. And I sort of grew up like that. You know, We sat around a table and ate or whenever we celebrated anybody's you know, birthdays or any kind of achievement, it was around the table. And just layering on some things to make it for feel more special, I think, uh, is important. And then you can go off and do all your busy stuff. But we make time for the things that are important to us. And to me, that time is just full of rich conversations that we can talk about world events and had some unbelievable conversations as a family that we never would have had if we weren't sitting around the table. Um, and then nourishing ourselves, obviously, with, with uh, good foods. So, um, so yes, let's talk about the digestive system and the steps that it goes through that you were going to mention before I... Yeah. <laughs> got all spiritual I, I just, <laughs> no 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 I love the whole spiritual aspect and it's it's so important because it totally relates to nutrition and how you take care of yourself and all these external yeah. things and so digestion is one of my specialties that's why I get so excited talking about the entire digestive system which goes from mouth to anus and when you see or smell food digestion is already starting I mean I don't know if you ever felt it where when you're hungry, you smell the good foods, you know, mm. that are making in the kitchen and then you can feel your saliva start to kick in. That's when, you know, digestion is already happening. Your digestive enzymes are going, getting ready to, to prime your digestive system to prepare to digest the food. 
And can I interject so, for a second and say, this is why yeah. you told me I haven't had a piece of gum since last June. And this is why, because when I'm chewing gum, it tells the digestive system that something's coming that actually never, mm -hmm. never arrives. So it's like, you're Tell me what's yeah, it's overstimulate. Yeah, it's overstimulating the digestive system. Plus gum has a lot of artificial sugars and sweeteners in the food colorings, which are all pro-inflammatory and that all affects the digestive system too. So when, when you put food into your mouth, it's really important to chew the food down to the smallest bits and pieces possible. Because if, when you swallow the food and it goes into your you know, actual stomach and then gets absorbed into your small intestine. If you have these big bulls or big pieces of food, you can't get to the good stuff on the inside, all the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, uh, polyphenols, you know, all that good stuff that your body wants and needs. You don't have teeth in your stomach to break your food down. So in your mouth, you also break down carbohydrates. In your saliva, you have something called amylase, which is a specific digestive enzyme that breaks down carbohydrates. If you ever eat a very carby meal and you eat it very quickly and, and swallow, you're, I guarantee you, you feel bloated, gassy, heavy, lethargic, you wanna take a nap um, or you know something like pasta or like, a burger or a sandwich, whatever it may be, you, you know, know, even all those parts. interrupt for just one second. I just mm -hmm. wanted to add that even that cachava shake that we talked about last time, and it it's, was on the, uh, the women's health blog. Um, mm -hmm. I was getting a little gassy after I was having that when I first started. And you said to me, don't drink it too fast. And I tend to drink liquids on the faster side. And you said, don't drink it so fast because you want those enzymes to sit on your tongue, to absorb, slow it down. And I did that and it completely, it, it was, I'm fine now. Like I drink those all the time. <laughs> Had one yesterday. Yeah. Morning. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Even if you drink um, even if you drink your carbs, eat your carbs, whatever it may be, they're still carbs. You have to break them down. And the amylase uh, digestive enzyme is the, is the only way to do that in your mouth. You have to let the food sit in your mouth um, and chew it at least 20, 30 times. Yes, 20 to 30 times. Take your time and enjoy the flavors the textures and everything in there. And, you know, and when you, when you drink it, when you, like a smoothie that has carbohydrates, allow it to sit in your mouth for a few seconds. Just allow your saliva to mix with it so it can break down those carbs. And then you swallow your food. And then when the food hits your stomach, that's where protein is, is broken down. And then the food slowly moves into your small intestine where a lot of you know fat is broken down, but also where all of your vitamins and minerals and things are absorbed into um, into your body and gets dispersed to wherever it needs to go. But and also what it doesn't there, need is, is let go of. And that's, that's mm -hmm, why the bowel yeah, movement it, part is so it. important because we don't want that yeah. sitting in there. Just like you were talking about, like they didn't take my garbage like two or three weeks ago. And then we had double and I was like, Oh gosh, I want to get this out of here. You know, yeah. um, there wasn't any room left and in my garbage can. Mm-hmm. And having the fiber in your diet, it binds to whatever is sitting in, in your gut that your body doesn't want to get rid of and it excretes it. Otherwise that stuff sits and rots in your gut and people have like really smelly, stinky bowel movements because you have rotting stuff in your gut, you mm -hmm. know, or they get bloated after they eat right away. You're, you're backed up. 
I guarantee it. For the gut health, do you recommend a probiotic? Is that something that you promote? I know so, some people take them, some don't. I, I just was curious about that. And, and you're, we're in the gut right now. <laughs> it just made me think of it. Yeah. So it, it depends on the diet. When I'm assessing what the individual is eating and what the individual symptoms are, and I see that it's needed, then I will recommend it. Like with my picky eaters, absolutely. If somebody's immunocompromised, yes. And there are different types of probiotics depending on what your gut needs. So there are different types of bacteria and all these different types of probiotics. And so I wouldn't just go to the store and just pick one because it might not be what you need. And it could just be a waste of money. Also, the quality of the probiotic is very important. Is it actually reaching your gut and doing what it needs to do? And how do people find so it, that out? How, how would I know that? So what, what I'm hearing today too, which is interesting and, um, and I, I guess I knew this, but all of this is very individualized. You know, I'm different than you. I'm, I'm older than you. My body needs different things than your body needs a, a certain different. And I, maybe that's the thing too, that I've learned over this last year is that um, I've sort of played around with what works and what doesn't, what keeps me full longer. Um, you know, if what gives me gas, all, all of those things I've sort of been playing with and tweaking with, like some things don't make me feel full long enough to get to lunch. And I don't really want to think about food after I've had breakfast until lunch. I don't want, I shouldn't feel hungry in my mind. So I've been careful to kind of fool around with that sort of thing. So how do you find out? And, and is that working with a nutritionist? Is that the best way to? Yeah. Find a dietitian that specializes in gut health. You know, all of, all of us dietitians, we all have our own type of specialty. So if, if that's something that you're interested in, find one that specializes in gastroenterology. Yeah. I, I mean, you can work with a, with a doctor, ones that are more familiar with how um, the gut and nutrition interact, you might want to find more of an integrative medicine doctor. Uh, that's why the the gastroenterologists that refer to me, they refer to me because they're not so sure, you know, about, or they just don't have the time, you know, how nutrition and all this kind of stuff can support uh, the gastrointestinal system. Yeah. But finding somebody who specializes is very important because otherwise you're going to spend a lot of money, you know, Googling most, I guarantee you're going to find wrong information mm -hmm. and to be very contraindicating, you know, this person says this and that person says this. You know, you'll save yourself a lot of time, money, just finding somebody who specializes. Yeah. That's the one thing that I've learned doing all of these podcasts. It's been so neat to talk to so many different people um, because there's experts at things like I'm an expert. I, you know, at teaching spiritual practices because it's my passion and it's what I focus on and I know I'm good at it. And you're an expert in nutrition. And I'm having this conversation today with you because you're an expert and we don't know everything. Um, you know, just like I, I got a camera for Christmas and, and I'm not that great at it, but I want to be. And so I'm going to work with an expert to help me elevate my game. And so I'm always open to people that have knowledge outside of my realm of, of and capacity for what I know. And, and that's what it's like to be a seeker and to be somebody who's curious and open to 
knowing that, that I can't figure it all out by myself and that there are plenty of passionate people in all different fields and that are gifted in what their focus is. And you are definitely gifted and very focused and passionate about Thank you. You know, work. And so, yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. I actually wanted to say something that um, I, I'm always reading studies because the medical world is always, always changing, but um, I, w- I was listening to a podcast on this one cardiologist. He was actually being interviewed by a gastroenterologist, you know, and also working in the hospital. You know, we all have, we're all our, our own experts at our own thing. So one doctor will consult with one doctor because that's their specialty and, and yes. it goes on, you know, there's no one size fits all. But anyway, I was listening to this cardiologist and he was doing a study on individuals with high blood pressure and the way they were eating. And in this study, it showed that people who eat very quickly and do not chew their food tend to have higher blood pressure because in your mouth where digestion takes place is where nitric oxide is produced and only produced. You need nitric oxide for healthy blood pressure. And, uh, and I heard this and I was like, that is so fascinating. So with Bob, he has chronic high blood pressure his entire life. It was always like 140 over, over 130. I forget what his numbers were. So, you know, I couldn't change his chewing habits right away, but I thought I would introduce nitric oxide into, into a system. So he was taking it exogenously um, through supplementation. And within like two or three months, he went to his primary care physician for a checkup, took his blood pressure. It was normal for like the first time in his entire life. And he's 51 years old. Yeah. And I was like, this is so fascinating to me. So another reason why, not, not that you have to rely on supplementation, but chew your food well. Another reason why to take on that habit. Yeah. And definitely talk to a medical professional before you start adding something like, like a supplement like that into your diet. Um, I would 100%. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, that's amazing. So here I'm the big takeaway today so far is chew your food, my goodness, and know what, <laughs> know what a regular bowel movement is. It's not once a week. It's more like two or three times a day. Um, so when we talked the last time, uh, we were talking a little bit about, I think maybe you went through your day and you were talking about how you fill a plate with vegetables. I've gotten the vegetable thing down pat, like I'm roasting vegetables on cookie sheets. Like every night I go to like the health food store or to whole foods and get organic fresh stuff. And I I've got that down and it's really part of our routine. And I make a lot because I want stuff left over for salads. And there's a lot of people in my house and, and, but then you said something that stuck out. You said, oh, and then I just add the protein because that's the easiest part. Like I can always just add a protein to it. And I get stuck on the protein because I, I don't really re- eat red meat anymore. And I'm just not craving it. I don't know. I just, it's just not part of my diet as much. So it's like, for me, it's like salmon and fish, shrimp occasionally, and chicken, and I don't have fresh salmon. Like, I mean, I have some in the freezer, but then that's that's a task. Um, so where, tell me like, how are you adding protein and what proteins are you adding and what else can I add to my plate that is protein that I'm not thinking of that's not like chicken, fish or meat? 
What about, I mean, you can always do canned salmon or canned tuna. Actually canned salmon has 30% more calcium than actually regular salmon because you have like the little, um, little bones in there, which you don't taste. So you won't choke on it or anything. I bought it, but I haven't opened no, it yet. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Okay. And, and I actually recommend that for people who don't like fishy smell, you know, okay. uh, you add that to stir fries. You can do canned tuna add it to stir fries as well. Those are really easy. I do all different kinds of fish. I, I tend to do more frozen because I, um, it's hard for me to keep fresh fish and it's also more feasible too. It's cheaper to do that. Uh, Costco is a great way to do that. Yeah. And I just defrost it and I make enough for, for three or four days and I'm good to go. Uh, but eggs, tofu is great. For those who don't eat meat and are vegan, tempeh is, is a great way to do it as well it's it's fermented soy mm -hmm. uh, it's also a great source of fiber too it has great taste you can you know, chop it up add it to stir fries or about, um, um, you know whatever Cos it may be at costco they have uh these bean patties that are on the healthier side like i think i bought a brand at some point that you recommended and i keep those in the freezer and sometimes for lunch i'll have all the, these greens and and you know, a bunch of roasted vegetables from last night. And then I'll heat one of those bean patties up. And then I actually take maybe some hemp seeds and we're gonna lead into that sort of those omega-3s and why they're important. Um, but I'll add, I'll sprinkle some of those on top and maybe some seeds and nuts and. Yeah, beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, they're all great sources of protein as well. I recommend you get at least 20 to 30 grams of protein at your meals. So if you just have a veggie burger, which they're great, typically they're going to range between, I don't know, like six to 10 grams of protein, maybe. So you have to add more to that. So what would I add? And yeah, so you can add an egg or two on top of that, or you can add a lot of times, a lot of my clients, I recommend they add some type of fish or chicken, turkey, um, you know, pork, whatever it may be. Um, in addition to their meals, those are gr all great sources of protein. If you want to go more plant-based, you know, chia seeds are great. Hemp seeds are great. Ground flax. Um, you can add all those to stir fries and it adds such great flavor and texture. Plus they're loaded with omega-3s, antioxidants. They're super healthy for your gut and great for brain health. Mm. Uh, they all make you feel good. But um, even sometimes at dinner, like I'll just go uh, you know, super plant-based. I won't even add, uh, you know, fish or eggs or anything. Uh, I have this, and I'm a big chocolate fan. And sometimes I just want to drink something with, with my food. So I'll, I have chocolate flavored collagen protein powder, and I'll mix that with like some almond milk. And I'll have that after I have a plant-based meal. And that's an easy source of 20 grams of protein too. And it kind of like caps off because it's like a nice dessert thing too. And there's you know no sugar or anything in there. Um, and yeah, easy way to get protein in too. And what protein, what, what brand is that that you're using? Yeah, I have... <laughs> I should probably send you a picture of my entire lineup. I go through like different phases of all different kinds of brands. Okay. So, you know, Kachava, I tend to do like earlier in the day or in the afternoon, mm -hmm. but um, at dinner, I like to do something lighter because I don't like to go to bed feeling heavy because then you wake up feeling bliss and you don't really get a good night's sleep. So 
there's a company called Further Food. They're really great. It's collagen um, and they come in different flavors. I like their vanilla and chocolate. And what I like is they have adaptogens in there. So okay. as you buy to adapt, it just brings the stressors down. Uh, there's another company called Truvani, which they, you know, they test their, uh, their powders multiple times. So, you know, no metals or toxins or anything like that in there. There's another one called Be Well by Kelly. That one's newer. And yeah, I don't eat meat. Collagen comes from meat, right? I, I can get ones that come from fish sources. It's really tough to find. But uh, her protein powder, she has one chocolate and vanilla. That one, you can't just like shake in a bottle. You have to put it in the blender. Okay. And, um, and so that one I've been playing around with lately. And there's another uh, collagen powder that I recommended to you and use it in your oats. And I find that it's one of the best ones out there. And it's by Great Lakes. It's collagen hydrolysate. I find that it's, it's very light, very easy to absorb, very easy to digest, and it gets the job done. I like to add that to all different kinds of meals. You can even add that to like soups and stir fries and things like that to add extra protein without having, you know, to, if, if you're, you know, you're low on chicken, fish, eggs, whatever it may be, or you forgot to go to the grocery store and, or, or you left it on the belt at the grocery store, you can always do that as a supplemental form of protein too. That's great. So that's something that I think that people don't think of that is an option that, you know, we can add protein in, in these different ways. Um, and tell me how important are the omega-3s, those chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds? Very important. I cannot stress that enough. And I always recommend to have them every single day. There are two different types of omega-3 sources. You can get omega-3 sources from plant-based and omega-3 sources from fatty fish. Mm -hmm. From fatty fish, that's EPA and DHA, omega-3s. And that's really important for the health of your brain, your heart, your entire cardiovascular system for reducing inflammation, uh, for your eyes, everything. And it reduces risk of disease. There are too many studies that show the importance of it to not have it. Okay. So even though I'm consuming, you know, fatty fish often, I still take omega-3 supplementally. And a company that I recommend often, like Pure Encapsulations is a brand that I recommend all the time. It's just a really great high quality company. And so but, is this, um, also, yes, is, that's the one. Is one? <laughs> I like to just do it in the morning. It's okay. that, you know, I give my body what it needs and you know, on with my day because then I'm less likely to forget later. <laughs> and I think I interrupted you before with my candle story, but you were going to talk about the importance of water. This is my, it's, it's 10 o'clock and I've had two of these already. Um, I don't know if that's, that's a lot, great. but it feels like it because I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> when we're done. No, it's good. It's great. But because yeah, you water, take, water, when you take water. the vitamins, you have to drink a lot of water to get them down because they're big mm -hmm. and um, so that's a great way yeah. to, to get your, your digestive system sort of, um, when you were saying from mouth to, to butt. Oh, there's another brand called Nordic naturals. Okay. And they have, they have one that's liquid or it comes in pills. That's another great company for, for my personal clients and you, I always recommend pure encapsulations because you guys get the, my, my medical ben, uh, you know, my medical price, uh, cause I don't make any money off of that, you know, 50% off. You guys get that. Um, but Nordic Natural is another great company. And those who are really low in vitamin D, they have one called Arctic Cod Liver Oil 
dash D. And that has a thousand IUs of vitamin D, which is great because we tend to be very low, especially around now because of the winter months, we didn't see any sun. Mm. And if you're not taking vitamin D externally, then it's really important. But also cod liver oil has vitamin A, which is an important antioxidant that reduces inflammation as well. Okay. Uh, so if you're not taking a multivitamin, then that's also another additional benefit. But so the plant-based source of omega-3s, which is ALA, alpha-linoleic acid, that comes from like walnuts, avocados, hemp seeds, chia seeds, ground flax, all of that great stuff. And that helps to reduce inflammation. And that's really part of my you know, daily, all of those things that you just mentioned are part of my, my everyday diet, not just kind of some of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the chia seeds. The chia seeds are in, I put them, <laughs> put them in everything. I mean, I that's don't overdo great. it, but yeah. Yeah. All uh, those things keep you young and youthful and keep your skin, you know, glowing and just it keeps everything working well. Yeah. And what do you think about magnesium now that we talked a little bit about vitamins or supplemental vitamins? Um, what do you think about magnesium for, for the diet? What are your thoughts? I think it's great. It, it's really, it's not that it's great. It's important. Your body needs it. And with the diet, it can be hard to get, especially because our soil is depleted. So getting it um, additionally through supplementation can be very beneficial. Don't just do it on your own. Make sure you're talking to somebody professionally about it, whether it's a dietitian or a doctor or whatever it may be, because there are different forms of magnesium and, uh, and they all have different benefits. Yes. So I tend to usually recommend magnesium so, um, citrate, magnesium citrate, uh, and that also helps with regular bowel movements as well for relaxation. And it does help for sleep. And the reason that our soil is depleted. And I just heard this cause, you know, about 50 years ago, people went from farming to sort of, um, you know, moving to inner cities and the, they had to feed masses of people like they never have before in big quantities. And so food started to be processed in factories. And then we started to use pesticides and all these things in the soil to make more and more food. And it has depleted the soil of the nutrients. You know, the broccoli that we ate a hundred years ago had different nutrients than the broccoli that we eat today is depleted. And so sometimes these supplemental things can help add that extra layer on top of the things that we can't get naturally anymore. Um, and that's why we should just keep making this movement of, of what we buy with our wallet makes a difference, you know, at the stores, because mm. what we buy, they put, give us more of. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people complain about the cost of food. And, but the thing is, if it might cost a little more, but actually there are ways of, of eating healthy and being healthy on a budget. Mm. It, it's totally doable. I do it. I, I teach others to do it on a budget and it's totally feasible. Um, but it's good to spend a little more now because I guarantee you, if you don't down the road, you're spending a lot more on medical on care going to doctor and, and you'll waste a lot of time. Yeah. Medical care, spending time in the hospital in and out of doctor's appointments. You can't go on this trip because you have this going on or whatever, maybe. Mm. And you know, I work with a lot of patients who are on dialysis. 
because they didn't take care of themselves and they had a horrible diet, you know, whether, whatever it may be, they waste uh, three days out of their week spending you know, four to five hours at a dialysis center and just sitting there. Like, could you imagine doing that? Yeah. It, it blows my mind. Yes. And all, a lot of that, what I'm hearing is avoidable by, and that's why we're having this important conversation or continuing to have these conversations um, to help people make better choices around the table, you know, and when we hang up, <laughs> I'm going to change my clothes and I work out in somebody's backyard doing like old school weightlifting. And I run in the neighborhood when I get there first. And so I, it's all, it's part of my whole day, you know, all of, all of these things that, you know, that I'm trying to do to, to make myself better. And it's available yeah. to each and every one of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, to find that whatever works for you and to make routine with it. Yes. And, and to create a habit, not to just, you know, Oh yeah, I think I'll do that today. No, set time aside, put it in your calendar, do it and make it a consistent habit and you will feel so much better. But you, there's all kinds of tricks that you can do for that is, you know, get in a community with people. Community always help, holds us accountable. You know, you see that at the bar method that everybody's friends there and excited to see you and they're looking for you when you're not there. And, and that's important, um, you know, and maybe setting an alarm on your phone to make sure that you, that you don't miss it and get out and move. And so all of those things are important. So thank you for coming back again and, and for, um, for your wisdom and for all this great information. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much, Pam, for having me again. It's really a lot of fun. I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.